This is the St. Peter and Volo podcast, and I'm Father Nathan, and with me today is Father Robin Kwan of the Canons Regular of St. John Cantius. Let's begin with the martyrology. On the 29th day of March, at Heliopolis in Lebanon under Julian the Apostate, St. Cyril, deacon and martyr, whose body was opened and his liver taken out by the heathens who devoured it like wild beasts. In Persia, the holy martyrs Jonas and Barachesius, under the Persian king Sapor. Jonas was put under the pressure of a vice, his bones broken and cut asunder. Barachesius was suffocated by burning pitch being poured into his throat. At Nicomedia, the passion of the holy martyrs Pastor, Victorinus, and their companions. In Africa, under the Arian king Genseric, during the persecution of the Vandals, the holy confessors Amorgastes, Account, Mascula, Archimemus, and Saturus, master of the king's household. After enduring many severe torments, as well as insults for the confession of the truth, they completed their tests with glory. At Asti, St. Secundus Martyr, in the monastery of Luxei, the death of Abbot St. Eustasius, a disciple of St. Columban, who had under his guidance nearly 600 monks. Eminent in sanctity, he was also renowned for miracles. And in other places, many other holy martyrs, confessors, and virgins. Thanks be to God. All right, today is Passion Tide, and in the church, all the statues and the crucifix, crucifixes are veiled, and we're entering in the last two weeks of Lent. This week, and then next week is next Sunday is Palm Sunday, mm-hmm. and. From there, it's Holy Week, uh, and yeah, so uh, Lent intensifies. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Father Robin, you have something that you want to talk about with regards to Passion Tide. So I'll just let you let you let you speak. Sure. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, it's um, you know in the traditional calendar, especially, that's emphasized here that there the last two weeks of Lent are given more prominence in uh, terms of um, focusing more and more on uh, the passion of the Savior and, and uh, the sufferings, humiliations that he endured for our sake, uh, for love of us. And, and uh, of course, we always have um, the, uh, you know, the Stations of the Cross and Fridays for Lent and, um, you know, and, and certain devotions we might have. But, but it's really in this time where uh, it kind of centers more and more on not not simply joining Christ in the desert um, and with him in in his um, you know fasting prayer and uh, in at that time, um, but more so now you know we're approaching the sacred mysteries and and it's something that there were really um, historically um, you know the the civil government actually when it has more, had more of that Christian character is. Don Professor Guranger says in his work on the liturgical year that uh, they, you know, they gave the faithful this time. So no serva work actually was permitted uh, at one point in the history of Christendom, where they 
gave that impression, like, yeah, you're going to focus your attention now on these mysteries beginning on uh, the first week of Pageantine, which is actually this week. And, oh, which, wow. Yeah, because the, uh, now in the uh, ordinary form, they say Palm Sunday, they also, it says, you know, in, in the uh, in column, uh, sorry, parentheses, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, also called Passion Sunday. But I think if you look at the historically, you know, in, in the traditional calendar, you see this, though, the, that then um, when, when in which the veiling of statues, the tradition actually would mark the beginning of Passion Tide, that it uh, began um, today. And mm-hmm. uh, with the, um, especially the gospel for, um, for the extraordinary form, uh, and it, and it mentions how um, you know the Jews took up stones to you know throw at Christ, and and then it says that at the end of the the text, this is Jesus um, hid himself and went out to the temple, and so mm-hmm. uh, from that gospel, uh, it said partly that you know the tradition of veiling of statues was you know to veil Christ uh, partially to veil um, him to show that he was hiding himself, uh, and then just kind of show. Um, in a way, a humiliation that he experienced, and, and that um, they're not gospel, but also as a, a representation of all the humiliations, and that uh, would he would endure for our sake. And um, mm. I thought about this in, in terms of um, you know how I've never appreciated the veiling of statues before, the veiling of the cross, the veiling of uh, of Jesus, statues of our Lord, uh, because it always seemed like it was it was kind of hindering devotion. To the to say the passion, uh-huh. um, and uh, but actually, when you um, think about it, um, you know it's it's uh, when uh, when we are humiliated, uh, it's because of our um, our wounded pride. You know, we are, our pride is wounded. We we appear lower in the eyes of others, uh, but when Jesus when he, it's when he, his humiliation is not the same as ours, but because it's wounded love. You know, it's his wounded heart. That it's, that's the humiliation that he experiences. So, so in a so, way, so yeah. just yeah, yeah. Uh, so I can make sure mm-hmm. I'm following. Mm-hmm. So our Lord is hidden. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes out. the The Jews pick up stones to throw at him, mm-hmm. and then our Lord is hidden. Uh, then he goes out and he, he makes his way through the crowd. Right, mm-hmm. um, just disappears mm-hmm. in the way that only he can do. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but it that. Seems, in a sense, a running away, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, in the appearance of men, it's a running away, mm-hmm. as if, um, I mean, if we didn't know who he was, mm-hmm. it would seem cowardly mm-hmm. to run away. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would run away if people were throwing stones at me. But, um, but he goes out and hides himself, and that's the humiliation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, we know that he is not. Uh, and maybe I'm jumping ahead, but that his humiliation uh, is really to show his glory mm-hmm. uh, at the greater humiliation. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> In a right, sense, right, you know. Right, for sure. Yeah, he's saying, you don't even know the half mm-hmm. of the humiliation. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, that's a good way to put <laughs> uh, it. Yeah. That's not running away, but right. soon I will show myself uh, to be despised by all men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, that's another... I think another important insight for our contemplation too that that is that he is um, um, to it is to prepare ourselves for that time for a Good Friday, you know when he, that that cross is unveiled for us and mm-hmm. and that then we can really um, prepare ourselves. I, I was also thinking about the the fact that 
uh, veiling uh, signifies a sense of mystery, uh, a sense that it's something that is beyond our comprehension. So we veil things in the church all the time, of course, the mm-hmm. chalice, the, the paten, we veil so many things. We The priest, in a sense, is veiled by his mm-hmm. vestments. And so I think in the a women, way... The women, too, are yeah, veiled. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> the mystery. Yeah, it's a mystery, yeah. yeah. That's right. Who can understand it? <laughs> that's right. But, you know, in terms of the veiling of statues, um, so, and, and the veiling of the cross, and, you know, so it kind of impresses on us that, you know, Father Dennis would say in, um, in a liturgy class, you know, fasten the eyes, mm-hmm. uh, that sense of, so there's, there's a sense of that humility, that reverence that we want to kind of foster and, and, and for the mystery that we're kind of entering into. Um, so I, I think that that in one way that kind of helps us to appreciate what's going on, that we're kind of um, trying to, it's not for us to, um, you know, to, you know, we kind of, we, we're, we, of course, we use sacred images to help us to ascend to God and ascend to the mysteries of things. But then there is a sense that veiling helps us too, because then it realizes we're approaching this mystery, and then we're kind of disposing ourselves better to, you know, approach that mystery with, um, with that awe, that reverence, that humility, and that, um, and the mystery, especially of the redemptive love of Jesus Christ for us, and and. But also, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead, please. Oh, yeah. So I just want to bring that into today where all the churches are locked and there's a veil over all of our our sacramental life, Mm -hmm. right? And so, and but that veil is that deepening of the mystery, Mm -hmm. right? And so we're entering, we have to deepen, as I was talking about yesterday, uh, we have to deepen, we have to go into the deep, Mm-hmm. And go into the depths of what is the meaning of this verse, this, this time, and how is God working in our lives in this time? Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing I was I wanted to throw in uh, Saint, um, not yet Saint, uh, Brother Joseph, uh, and uh, was saying that the reason that in this time when it would seem that a cross should be the focus, that. Sure, there's that veiling, as you said, but that it was the cross gemata, the mm-hmm. the the glorious cross, the mm-hmm. cross full of jewels and gold, mm-hmm. um, which is such a great part of the Catholic faith that we mm-hmm. we we relish in the glory of the cross, and mm-hmm. we and we signify that by making jewels, mm-hmm. you know, jewel encrusted crosses because mm-hmm. it it is glorious, but yet because of the the Crux Gemata, that mm-hmm. glorious cross, that's why it was veiled, mm-hmm. so that we could not yet see the glory of the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which, yeah, so. Yeah, and also, um, so I think this is another avenue of contemplation for us too, because uh, I think both are valid, um, you know, ways we can approach the mystery so we can focus more on, you know, the um, the cross as, you know, in terms of, of primarily the sufferings of Christ, but then also we can also see the cross, of course, in the eschatological sense of that it is um, our nexus to heaven, and it is, and it is so we, we, you know, since we see it in its glory at the triumph mm-hmm. of the cross, and, and so, so we're... So mm-hmm. eschatological, uh, meaning it, it pertains to the last things, right? Right, it pertains to right. The, 
the end of all things, right. heavenly, eschaton. heavenly glory. Yeah, and right. so the um, of course, in the Book of Revelation reveals, of course, the the Lamb of God who is glorified and mm-hmm. and uh, who continues to offer, you know, Himself to the Father and uh, and and our worship of the Lamb of God and and also the angels and saints in that uh, heavenly glory. So I was thinking too, like the the veiling of um, also the. Uh, the images and statues also is a kind of veiling of uh, of that eschatological glory of the heavenly Jerusalem. Because if you think about the church, the church is a sacrament of heaven, and uh, and so when you have uh, the sacred function of um, a sacred image or, or statue would be that they they pr- give us the image of the heavenly Jerusalem for us. So when we veil, you know, in the sanctuary, those statues, and it kind of shows us that, you know, we're kind of focusing our attention less on the heavenly things, although we are um, in the mass and such, but, but uh, we're focusing more attention now on the mystery of, of the, you know, the central mystery of the redemption. That so focusing more attention on that, um, the, um, the the sufferings and humiliations of Christ by veiling those heavenly uh, images and figures that are for our um, our view and to understand that you know that um, although we participate in the heavenly liturgy. We are also, you know, our, our subject of meditation, our theme is is going to be more here of, you know, the on the uh, level of, you know, the, the sufferings of in Christ and, and, and that He endured in time too, hmm. which is I think uh, yeah interesting too. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so talking about veiling the saints, uh, someone had a question um, about saints. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, this is a little side sidetrack here, but. Uh, what is your answer when someone asks the question? Mm-hmm. Do saints know of our circumstance here on earth? Do they mm-hmm. do they know, you know, are they, you know, different saints are, some are designated as patrons of this or that, mm-hmm. um, usually because something in their life that, you know, they did, mm-hmm. uh, or even by some, you know, even not exactly related thing, but they've mm-hmm. been declared the patron of. Uh, so, but do they know? Do they know more? Do they know about our life? Mm. And when we ask for their intercession, do they learn about us? I mean, so we learn about them, but do mm-hmm. they learn about us? Ah, that's an interesting question. I, I know I haven't thought about this much, but I do know. Um, I understand from reciting the Summa from St. St. Thomas, where um, it's saying regarding uh, the beatific vision, and that uh, when we have the beatific vision, we see God in his essence, and we don't know all the, um, the possible things that he could have done. We do know the, all the actual things that he has done, and this is regarding his providence in life. And, and so I would think that if uh, the saint, you know, is in, is in heaven and has be division, mm-hmm. and he would know about us and about, um, you know, our life, and uh, and that he would, uh, he or she would know, um, you know, what what is happening in our lives, and um, based on the vision of draw God, they have that direct vision where they are able to know, and all things um, that are that are, <laughs> sure, but not possible. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. Yes. Yeah, so they. 
they apprehend God, but they mm-hmm. don't comprehend God. Right, right, right. 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 Yes. Um, so, yeah, so just to restate what you said, they so because the saints see God mm-hmm. in his in his essence Mm -hmm. and they see all of his acts Mm -hmm. and God acts in our lives Mm -hmm. and he's always acting in our lives Mm -hmm. then they we can say from that that they know about our lives Mm -hmm. and what God is doing in our lives Mm -hmm. and then they can intercede Mm -hmm. and at the same time you know relationship is always uh, you know two-way street so um, it's it's not to say that because we have to also kind of form a relationship with a saint if you want to also better, um, you know, in sense, commune with that saint. And I think that is important too, because it's, you know, just as God desires a relationship with us as well. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's a two-way street too. So sure. you know, he loves us unconditionally. And so do the saints love all of God's, uh, you know, creatures and those created in God's image. And, but also, uh, you know, he, uh, the saints or desire that we commune with them in, in God. And, uh, but it's also, yeah, our response to that. And, but that, yeah, so I think there, there are our heavenly friends to, uh, to assist us and they know our hearts perhaps better than we do in that sense uh, because they, they see it from the divine perspective and, and from the vid- direct, direct vision of God. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. That's oh, a good yeah. question. I, I mean, good answer. That was a good question too. Um, <laughs> But uh, it, I think of the analogy of climbing a mountain, which I do. But so when I'm on the ground, you know, when I'm in the cotton fields of Volo, right? <laughs> uh, now famous cotton fields of Volo, I'm I I can see everything on my level mm-hmm. in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I climb to the top of Volo Mountain mm-hmm. and I look down at the fields, I mm-hmm. any any height that I go up mm-hmm. increases my view and understanding so much exponentially. Mm-hmm exponential growth mm-hmm. uh, in knowledge. And mm-hmm. so when you think of the saints have beatific vision, um, yeah, they, they, that the fact that they know more than about us than mm-hmm. we do because we're, we are so rarely, speaking for myself, mm-hmm. uh, with our minds and hearts in heaven with that, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the beatific vision is a gift that, that is given by God. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so yeah, I just want to give that analogy there, but, uh, yeah, so let's, maybe let's put the veil back on the saints. (laughs) That question was burning in my mind after a conversation today. So, so thank you. Um, so yeah, so we're in passion tide and the statues are veiled. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else about this? Yeah. Well, you know, in the extraordinary form, um, there's something too that is that might strike people, and um, which although the order form it doesn't uh, omit, but uh, but in the extraordinary form they omit uh, in the liturgy the Psalm 42 and the prayers of the foot of the altar. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so what's what's that all about? Why we omit that? Um, and um, yeah, why do we not have Psalm 42? <laughs> yeah, so Psalm 42. What is Psalm 42? Well, you know, it, it is about um, you know, if you, the first words in I will go to the altar of God, to God who gives joy to my youth. So one exclamation, um, you know, that is given is that this youth, you know, this, this joyful gladness 
uh, has reference to the newly baptized. So there's a kind of paschal joy that is kind of mm. signified in this. Um, so of requiem masses, you omit this, right. um, and uh, and also for Passion Tide too. So there's uh, one exclamation that's given. So the paschal joy of the risen Christ is kind of veiled for us in by omitting Psalm 42. Um, another explanation um, that was given in another work uh, is that um, this psalm also has to do, of course, this is regarding David's um, plea to God for deliverance from the enemy, from all evil, um, from, uh, from, he was pursued by King Saul at this time, mm -hmm. and he's longing to enter the temple to offer sacrifice. And um, now um, this uh, would, not, the explanation would be that you know, we would admit this to focus our full attention on the whole celebration of Pagetide in general. Um, and, uh, but that, and, well, and, and I guess the less mystical explanation with this would be that the introit or the entrance anaphon for um, both forms of the Mass is Utica Medius, which is Psalm 42. And so oh. it's, it's not, it's not, you wouldn't repeat oh, it. Oh, you're just not repeating it. Yeah, so that would yeah. be the less spiritual interpretation. Yeah, that's very practical. <laughs> very yeah. Roman. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we just said that Psalm, so we're not going to say it again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. It makes yeah, sense. Yeah, for sure. I think like that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, but yeah, sure. I think a lot in the liturgy, there's a lot of things that are practical, and then they take on a mystical significance right. because of mm -hmm. the fact that um, with our hearts and minds on God, all things are being brought up mm -hmm. into that eschatological view, mm -hmm. right? Right, exactly. The, you know, all things are are made clear. Even our practical decisions are elevated and made uh, made clear in the vision of God and in the understanding of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, also, um, I just want to bring one last thing. It was the glory of poetry. So the glory be to the Father, to the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That um, That's also omitted in oh, the story Oh, are you kidding form. me? <laughs> <laughs> First, and, we have no public masses. <laughs> <laughs> then we can't give people communion. And now this, <laughs> no Gloria Pachi. Yeah. No, yeah. this is fitting. This is fitting for the liturgy, certainly. Yeah. yeah. To omit the Gloria Pachi. So. Yeah, and and you know, and, and that's of course the Gloria Pachi gives praise to the Holy Trinity, and of course the Holy Trinity is the purpose in our life and our creation. And so, why do we omit this? Um, well, um, you know, in a sense, Jesus Christ, of course, you know, and he is always glorious, even in his passion. But uh, it's hidden, you know. It's hidden. His glory is hidden in Passion Tide and, mm. and in his own suffering and his own humiliations and that he experiences. Um, that um, and this hidden glory that uh, he ex he has in the sorrows and sins, it is something very beautiful. But it's something that you know. For I think just on the surface, it's not so beautiful. And and so you know the ugliness of you know since the sufferings. Is um, is revealing the beauty of his divine love, but you know to perceive that we have to kind of obscure the the um, sense of Christ's glory and the glory of God and that's and that external sense that that you know that so um, the glory of Christ that he was externally not manifested so that we could contemplate the the hidden glory there and that he is showing in Calvary and the price he paid for us, the, the beauty of divine love that is beyond our comprehension, that we want to just spend time to meditate on and, 
and to enter into, which is really what uh, you know, this time of quarantine perhaps is a, you know, uh, un although we're you know not able to, you know, physically able to come to the church to to um, do so, that we can do so with a crucifix in our home, you know, with and mm -hmm. perhaps then you know perhaps have some sort of veil there to kind of you know capture that too as well, but but just to also enter that with Christ and and to see that. Um, we're we're contemplating that hidden glory that is there, and uh, and his uh, um, his triumph over sin and death. Wow, <laughs> that is that is so that's so beautiful. Mm. Um, and it's, I mean it's beautiful to talk about, but it's beautiful to hear. Um, it's and it should be as beautiful to live right to live that reality. Mm -hmm. uh, I think if we can receive what God is doing in our lives in this time than it can be. That um, I think if we strive against it and we're not at peace with it, uh, I don't. I th I don't think we can be there. You know, but that's the purification needs to happen. Um, you know, in my life, <laughs> for one. <laughs> you know, to to really accept what is God giving me, um, not to. You know, and some might say to this, well. You know, this isn't God, this is, you know, this is human rules, you know, imposed upon us, you know. And sure they are, uh, human rules, uh, you know, we're in this situation because the governor of Illinois has made this proclamation, and although I, I have no allegiance to him, um, he is, uh, he is the lawful authority, and on at the advice of the medical community, uh, doing, you know, every, things are the way they are. So, on our part, uh, it's to accept. It's to accept that you know, if we have information to the contrary, sure, we can bring those up in the proper channels and all that. Um, and then, yeah, but even though it is a human, you know, this is it's a you know, the state is a human institution. Uh, God's grace works in our, in our life every day, and God is great. God's grace is present to us here in this situation. Um, you know, so how do we make the most of it? Uh, what do you What do you think about that? <laughs> well, I, I, you you brought up I think the important thing about you know just being accepting of first of all the. The, you know, that um, you know, this is not something of my own choosing. This is not something that I, um, you know, I'm not in charge. And and and, and I think if if we can accept that and we can embrace the the, the reality of that and that that uh, this has been imposed upon us, but we we you know we'll, we'll experience greater freedom if we consent to this. We we accept this and we embrace this as Jesus did. You know, and um, then. We're going to experience greater freedom there, you know, the interior freedom of the children of God that will, you know, that Jesus experienced in, 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 in embracing that which was something, you know, and he said in the agony of the garden, you know, not my will, but thy will be done. And that's kind mm -hmm. of like, yeah, so I think in a way this is um, a purification of part of, of that we didn't choose for ourselves, which is actually perhaps a greater thing for us that we can you know that we can consent to this, and then you know we're brought forth to, um, 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 you know, to, to experience that um, that interior peace, and and then, um, but at the same time, to write and you know making the best of this this time to 
Um, I think this is great to offer up that, um, that lacking of availability of the means of graces to, um, uh, for the church, for the faithful, for those lapsed Catholics maybe who have not really practiced in the faith or have taken the faith for granted or, and uh, as an opportunity for them for their conversion because maybe this is something that is, you know, many people are anxious, many people are, are worried, but, but that precisely can bring them to question their own life of comfort and uh, and that is a blessed opportunity for us too in in this time where you know we can offer that and and make the best use of the saints are other great examples for us of course those who were imprisoned for a number of years or months mm -hmm. and were deprived of the sacraments um, but yet you know were made the best use of the time um, um, you know saint maximum Kolbe imprisoned and joyfully <laughs> you know mm -hmm. um, entering into the mystery of suffering and death um, with, you know, joy, with uh, praying his rosaries and, and his devotion to Our Lady and, and coming up with beautiful thoughts, St. John the Cross, being in prison for so long um, in a solitary confinement and almost dying in that place where writing part of his spiritual canonical in that, in, in that sure. cell of his. And, um, and, and so the saints um, accept the cross as it's given and then they embrace it and they and prayerfully unite themselves to Christ and and that's where you know they can there's a greater glory there for them right. <laughs> and and for us too sure. yeah yeah that, that's great i was thinking also uh, st paul mm -hmm. yeah. you know wrote letters from right. prison he was imprisoned and that was his uh we were reading those letters to this day mm -hmm. you know every day you know um mm -hmm. uh letters from prison uh, yeah so there's there's so much um, we can do at this time, um, not the usual things we do, but uh, but we need to deepen our 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 prayer life so that we can uh, we can enter into that place of freedom, mm -hmm. as you said. Well, thank you so much, Father Robin. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll be back again another day. I'd like to thank everyone who's out there listening. Uh, keep yourself in a state of grace. Keep yourself in community. Uh, it takes effort to be in community, uh, to reach out to others. So make sure that you're doing that this week. And let's end with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. John Cantius. Pray for us. St. Peter. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.